If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well. Okay, everybody, welcome to Four Blades in the Pub. Uh, this is Ian, and it's great to be right with you again. And uh, as usual, I've got uh, Dan with me. Evening, everybody. We've got Phil. Good evening, all. And we've got John. Good evening, all. Ian, you did a very good job introducing the pod. First time. Thank you very much. First time. First time for everything. Um, and it's the first time, a good point to me, it's the first time to say again, we're, we're, five, we're delighted to say we're five blades in, in, not in the pub, five blades at home still, unfortunately, but we're five blades tonight. And it's not just, uh, as we've had in the past, someone who's played for the blades, but also uh, someone who was a second generation player for the blades as well, and a supporter of way. It's great pleasure for us to welcome to the pod, Jamie Hyland. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on it as well. Thanks for inviting me. Good stuff. Um, We've obviously done one or two uh, player conversations in the past and uh, we're going to take a slightly different tack tonight. Um, something that the four of us have talked about for a, for a while, uh, I'll say for a while, for the last few weeks has been some of the interesting parallels between what we're seeing this season uh, on a number of fronts with, with United and one, a season that three of us uh, on this pod uh, can remember. I'll not tell you who the one who's too young uh, to remember that. <laughs> It's John, um, but the three of us are, are, are old enough to remember, and that's uh, that season 1990, 91, um, under under Dave Bassett, and having Jamie on was a is a great opportunity to to talk about that season because obviously that was Jamie's first season at United as well. Um, we'll also have a bit of chat with Jamie about his um, further career at the Lane, uh, and also ask him about his one to eleven, which we've we've done with some of the ex players as well. Um, I think going into that season we'll, we'll not we'll, we'll go into it in more detail as we go through but I'm not sure you know the parallels we quite like I'm not sure we want to have the parallel of being uh, bottom on four points on Christmas day but I think we'd all take at this moment in time uh, finishing 13th as we did that season um, so to kick things off Jamie I guess if we just take it back before that obviously um, son son of a Blades player you know your dad Tommy played for the Blades for a number of years you then grew up with your dad I think when he was running the Sheldon pub around the corner from Bramall Lane um, do you want to just share with us some of your memories of, of, of growing up as a blade and with your you know knowing your dad's played you know a key role as a player for United yeah I mean obviously um, when my dad played there I was I was born to be a blade and I was a blade um, and then growing up in a place called Greenhill in Sheffield that's that's where I, I was until I was 10 11 year old and uh, my dad had a news agent there, fantastic, and suddenly he said one day, we're going to pub. And we were like, right, okay, no problem. Where are we getting it? And he said, uh, Hill Street, near Bramall Lane. So it's like, oh, fantastic, near Bramall Lane. What I didn't realise is suddenly all my me, me, me playing fields, my mates and everything was all gone, and it was just all factories. So we moved to the Sheldon when I was 10, 11 year old. I still went, I was then transferring schools. I was going to Jumthorpe. So that were another hour bus journey every day back up there. And I'd moved down to Bramall Lane, uh, sorry, down to the Sheldon, which was near Bramall Lane. But at the time it, it did help me because I was ball boy then as well. So it weren't too, too far to, to go down and, and do my ball boy duties on, on a Saturday. But as, as I could, as I went to bed at night, 
if there was uh, anything going on down there, I could see the floodlights from my bedroom bedroom window. And obviously it was a massive Blades pub. So all everybody was in there on a Saturday and, and, the, and then it got done up the pub and it became a real, real thriving thing um, for, for all, all Blade supporters to come in before, before they went down to Bramall Lane. Uh, and it's funny because obviously I grew up supporting United. I went all over watching them uh, when I was at school. And even though I was then playing football for Man City, I was there as a, as a youth team player because it was like, I better not sign for Sheffield United. And and we'd we'd had we actually had a group we had a family discussion uh, with my late brother Andrew and my dad and we sat there one day and said I don't think it's the right thing to do because the pressure of my dad being an ex player obviously at that time it was quite a lot in people's minds about him and I was always going to be compared to him and and the, the family said right I think it's best if you go somewhere else and and, and try and forge a career somewhere under your name. And as it was, Man City was brilliant. I, I had a great time there and it was a great place to go. So I could have signed for United at 16, but it was like, no, let's leave home. Let's go and grow up. And I went and lived in Manchester then in Diggs when I was 16 years old. And I, I, I never thought then I'd come back and play for United. I thought that's it, it's gone. So when you were, uh, obviously you said you were a ball boy, I think, was there any... Fame matches you remember in particular from yeah, when you were sat there? My claim to fame, I'm 101 great goals. I tell that people and they go, how can you be 101 great goals? How you played? I said, no, we're ball boy. And we beat, <laughs> we beat Sunderland um, 3-2 beginning of the season and um, Alex Sabella were playing. And I think it was Peter Anderson scored and uh, a great goal. And he collided into ball boy behind net. I think that was Jeff Eckhart behind the goal. But I'm at the other side in my little green top and black bottoms jumping up and down. So I'm 101 great goals on one of the compilations they put together. So oh, that was a TV, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there we go. Liz with me forever. Was that about the same time as Tufty there as a ball boy then? Uh, I'm a bit older than Tufty, but yeah, I think I will have been. I, I think Chris will have, will have come in. I think I will have been his governor then. Told them where to go. If you got one of the ends, especially away end, you earn money, you see, because they chuck coins at you. So you come off (laughs) the end and it was brilliant. Well, I mean, when I was ball boy, we beat Liverpool in the um, League Cup. Gary Hampson scored a great goal. And and at the time, it's amazing, we had um, River Plate to come and play in a friendly after the 1978 World Cup. And they had Luque, Passarella all these players come and played at Bramall Lane because we'd signed Alex Sabella. And like your ball boy, you'd just seen him on telly with World Cup and they're playing at Bramall Lane against us. Uh, yeah, it were, were fantastic. I mean, to run out as a kid, because when you ran out, it was the old John Street then, you came out there, the crowd went crazy because they knew the players were coming out. So it was just, it were brilliant. And to run across the pitch at like 10, 11 year old, I know it sounds a bit that, but it was just like, oh my gosh, this is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> We'd have all dreamed of that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you still enjoy talking about it as well. Smile on your face is brilliant. Oh, I, because I'm in 54 now, but I can still remember it. I can still remember going under and where we used to get changed and it used to be just next to home team dressing room. There used to be like a little little room there. And we'd all go in and uh, track suits over there and you'd put them on and you'd have the buzz then, like just peeping out and seeing players coming in, opposition players. 
and it were like, oh, wow, this is brilliant. And then like 10 to, 10 to 3, whatever, you'd start lining up and ready to go and your big sprint before game. Uh, yeah, it were, it were, I know, it, it was just, just fantastic, just brilliant. I never thought, like like I said before, then then you run out as a player. I never thought I'd do it. I run out as a ball boy and it was just, uh, yeah, fantastic. So you went to City as a as a as a youngster. Um, I think you had some bad luck with injuries at City, didn't you? And then ended up getting released and, and going to Bury. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd made my debut at seventeen at City uh, under Billy McNeil. Scored on my debut. Everything was fantastic. Um, I thought, yeah, this is this is it. I'm going to be I'm going to be a star, Man City, and all like that. And he drafted me in end of season. Uh, we played Oldham. Um, and it was a television when City got promoted the season. They got out of the old, which will have been second division. And uh, I had the wor- 1985, the worst tackle ever by a, a centre-half called Gary Ulikin. And he smashed me knee, split my lateral ligament in half. And uh, I came off at half-time. I'm riding about on the floor. And I'll never forget it because he were on telly and we, we watched it day after. And I'm there, absolutely there, and I'm pain. And my mum's watching, she went, oh, your hair looks nice, though. Your hair looks lovely. (laughs) Saying that, she did once say that Yorkshire Ripper had nice hair, my mum, when he got arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's my mum. Everybody's beautiful, everything's great. So, (laughs) I knackered my knee, honestly. I knackered my knee. Um, off, I, off, off I went to half time I said oh I can play on got off the bed and just collapsed on the floor and I came back from that and then unfortunately I played one reserve game and my cartilage went in other knee and then uh, I never when I said never got back other players came in and Billy McNeil released me as I'd gone in with my piece of paper I'd signed pro at seven, uh, 17 75 quid a week I was asking for 100 and I put it on the table and he said put that away we're releasing you and that was it, four years. And it was like, what do you do now? So uh, luckily, Martin Dobson, who was manager at Berry, took me there, which was the best thing ever to happen to me, to be fair. And yet, what, sort of, what sort of players were in that Man City side then? Uh, all been there. There were Joe Corrigan, uh, Steve Kinsey, uh, Tommy Caton, Asa Hartford, Tommy Hutchinson, uh, Paul Simpson, Paul Power. Uh, Jerry Gow was around at that time uh, Andy May quite a few young ones coming through and there quite a few older players so um, yeah we, it, we, it was a fantastic upbringing it was, it was a brilliant upbringing Man City it was, it was brilliant I had Tony Buck as my coach yeah. you know, ruthless absolutely ruthless I mean if he walked in here now I'd, I'd stand I'd be like whoa here he comes and he's like, because he just put the fear of God in you every, every day. But he made, you, he made you a player. I mean, John Beresford was there at the same time. And Bez never never got a chance at first team, obviously. He went on to a fantastic career, John. But we both, he were a year younger. We, we went over from Sheffield together. Um, but it, were, it was a tough old school. Tough old school Man City then, yeah. Obviously, then you, you got picked up, as you say, by Marty Dobson at Bury. And you, I think you've... You've, did you not forge a bit of a, a sort of change of role at Bury towards the end? You end up playing more in attacking sense, didn't you? Scoring a few well, goals. No, I'd, 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 only, I'd started off as a centre forward um, and at Man City, right. England youth caps. 
for Sheffield boys, for Throstles, for everything. I was sending forward. And always, uh, cheers, Ian. I would, I would have brought a pint up. <laughs> and uh, I'd always... <laughs> I'd always like being a centre forward, but unfortunately, as you guys know, uh, my pace weren't my, my big asset. So I then moved back at Man City to a centre half, easiest position in the world. Is everything coming on to you? <laughs> Dan's reaction. <laughs> steady, steady. <laughs> uh, listen, I know. Don't worry. You know. And then, and then when I went to Barry Martin Dobson, who'd been a central midfield player, said, "I want you to play midfield." I said, "You are." I was 21 year old, never played midfield in my life. School team, Sunday team, Sheffield boys, anything. He went, I think you'd be great. I think you'd be all right in there. You can defend, you can get forward and score goals. And as it was, it, it took me a little bit there to get used to it. But once I did, it, it were great. Right players around you. Um, and, and yeah, I did. I finished up scoring quite a few goals from midfield uh, for Berry. So, yeah. I don't know if I scored it for United actually against Perry. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was brilliant education with Martin Dobson. He was a top class bloke and a, and a good coach. Uh, who we had a good young players. We had uh, a lad called David Lee who went on to flying winger from but used to, wing, winger that ended up playing for Bolton. Yeah, flying machine used to yeah. make me look brilliant because I just used to pink ball on wing, could kick it as far as I wanted, and he catch it. Yeah. Then you have to catch him for cross coming knocks. Uh, and we had Andy Hill, a lad who's from Sheffield. Uh, we, and then we had, what he did, he signed all the players like Sammy McElroy, Mark Higgins, Kenny Clements, around all the young players who he brought in. And uh, we had a real good football inside there. Really good. So, uh, yeah, another four years where I developed from a, a young player learning about the game to be a footballer. He taught us how to be footballers and what it meant then to to play on a Saturday for three points and you know things like that really. Which, as when you're young and you, you're learning the game, it's like so excited just to see your name on team sheet. When suddenly, hang on, this is a career now. Uh, like to to get appearances and obviously, all I wanted to do when I got released off Man City is not prove them wrong. That that's not that's not right because the 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 right time they did get rid of me is to I'm better than what I should be. I want to get as high up as I can. And obviously the next the next move was the one which which when I said proved it was the one which I was delighted about as well. How did that come about, Jamie? When did you uh, first hear about it? Right. Well, I. I I never had an, well, there were not, not many people had agents then. You had your wife who you rung up and said, listen, they've offered me that. Yeah, take it, great. Like, sort of thing. So I, I went, Wolves, I'd, I'd, after the season, I'd been there four years and Barry offered me unbelievable money at the time. He offered me 400 quid a week and I'd been on 200 pounds a week and they offered me a signing on fee and like Barry to offer that was like, wow. But I'd made up my mind I wanted to leave. And I wrote to every club in the like first and second division, which is now Premier League and Championship, Alex Ferguson, the lot I'd wrote to, got all the letters back from people like Alex Ferguson saying, yeah, um, thank you. We, I know all about you, but obviously Man United, we were under this, uh, blah, blah, and all that. And then phone calls started to come and I got like quite a few phone calls and then Wolves got in touch with me and said, right, we really want to sign you. Um, will you come and have talks with us? So I went, I met him at a service, um, an hotel just off Great Bar uh, and um, sat down there and they said to me, what are you looking for? 
well, like I said, I were on £200 a week at Berry, no signing on fee. I was 24 years old. And I went, I went, don't know. So they peeled the beer mat and he wrote some figures down to me and went, what about that? And this is the reason I never, I never, I could never play cards in my life of poker because he'd given me. And I went, Jesus Christ, they're good. <laughs> These figures, and it was £600 a week, 700 800 and 16 grand signing on for each year. And it was like, wow. That, I mean, to me, that's life-changing when I've been on £200 a week. Yeah. So I went, right, can you just give me five minutes? I just need to make a phone call. So I, I went to the, obviously, you didn't have mobile phones then, 1990. So I, um, I, w- I went to the bar got me 10p out and rung Sam Ellis at Berry, who was my manager and said, listen, Wolves um, want to sign me. Um, and he went, oh, hang on a minute. I've just had a phone call. And I said, from who? And he went, Dave Bassett, Sheffield United. I went, right. He went, he w- I went, what, what, what do you mean? He went, he wants to see you. I went, when? He went, now. I went, right, okay. So I put the phone down, walked straight back in and said, listen, brilliant offer. Thank you very much. I need to go home. Have a think about it with my wife and uh, I'll be back in touch. And they went, yep, yeah, no problem. I got in my car and at the time <laughs> I had a Citroen AX one litre sponsored car with my name all over it from Berry. That's what they did for me. So I didn't have to get to bus, the bus to training because my wife had a car and she, she were an air stewardess so she had to have it all the time. So I got in this little car, drove straight to Bramall Lane, obviously my name's all over it and got there and... Uh, went straight into Bassett and he said right well what are you looking for so I thought right if I put 50 quid 50 quid on some of these what they've offered me and a bit extra on signing on fee I'll be happy with that so I went so I said to him right I want this or this this he went right give me this and I swear to god this is five minutes by the way he went to Dave Caput's secretary came back and went yep no problem we'll sign you I went right done and that were it and my me, me negotiations went in five minutes. But then I went away the next day on holiday with a wife, which you were an air stewardess. So this doesn't sound flash, by the way. We went to Hong Kong and Dubai in 1990. It cost us about a tenner because we got a discount, don't forget. And while I was away for two weeks, I had Wolves ringing me up every day saying, we'll offer you 10 grand more. We'll offer you this. I said, you can offer me a million pounds more. I'm signing for Sheffield United. And to me, you see, that was... That was it. And I, and I know that sounds a bit like fairy tale. And all, you know, it didn't matter. All I wanted to do then, United had just gone up and I'd seen all that. I'd been to some at matches, actually. Uh, I'd been to Blackburn away in the end of the season. All I wanted to do was play for Sheffield United, my team. And so they could offer whatever. And that, and that were it. I'd, I'd have came back and I'd had signed and everything were great. Yeah. That's brilliant. What a story that is. That's parallels to Billy Sharp as well. It's interesting, isn't it? With Wolves being the club that yeah, United yeah. gazumped. Was Sam Ellis Blackwell's number two? Yeah. Eyes yeah. and ears, you were called, weren't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, big Sam, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, uh, he's not spoke about too fondly these days, if I see him. Well, well, I mean, it's funny. <laughs> when the, the night I'd been over to Sheffield United, I went back to Bury and the, him and Terry Robinson were chairman. And they met me in a pub and in Berry and said right sit down you know it's got to go to tribunal don't you I said yeah 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 no problem they said do you want any money for going and I said what do you mean because obviously this is 1990 and they said what well, do you want any money for going and really I, I should have got some money for going I'd come for nothing and, and whatever fee I should have got and I went no they went right you can go then brilliant <laughs> deal 
and that way. Well, that sounds like one of Terry's deals. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, ter- Terry, just as we, if we've got to, Terry Robinson once when I were on 100, 100, I think I were 170 quid a week and I was struggling, I was getting married when I was 21. So I went to see him end at season. I said, listen, Terry, I need a bit of a wage increase. You know, I've done all right for you and everything. And he went, oh, I don't know if I can do that for you. I said, Terry, I'm getting married. I need this. He went, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. He said, uh, I've got a factory, a place called Edenfield, which is near Rottenstall, where I live now. He went, come and work for me in summer. Six weeks in there, that'll boost your money up. I went, I swear to God, I was 20. He went, come and work for me in factory for six weeks. That'll top your money up, and then you're ready for pre-season. I went, no, you're all right. I'll stay on 170. <laughs> Out of interest, what would you have been doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. He just, <laughs> it, it were in B mouldings. They moulded these things. God knows. He probably had me sweeping floors and everything, but yeah. I said, no, you're all right, Terry, I'll, I'll, I'll carry on. Yeah. Sounds like his negoti- negotiation skills got worse as he got older, then. Eh? Yeah. The stories, the stories <laughs> about a player who signed for United, who we offered him X in a hotel room somewhere, when the, when the offer came through, we were paying him two grand a week more. Yeah, well, yeah, I can, I can see all that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you'd, you'd also have some insight in, like you said, you'd, you'd watch United a couple of times that season. Weren't you also celebrating in the Bury, in the bar at Bury, Gig Lane, on the day of the Leicester match in, yeah. in that, that May? We played Cardiff that day. Uh, it was a great day, actually. We, we got in playoffs, so we, 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 we'd, 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 won that, we'd won anyhow. We were in playoffs anyhow because we both beat Bolton in week. And when we beat Cardiff, sent them down. So there were thousands of Welsh wrecking, trying to wreck Gig Lane outside. And we've got in. Suddenly somebody went, uh, Sheffield United, they've won out so straight away. I mean, have they won? Have they won? Yeah, yeah, they've won, they've won, they've won, they've won. I said, what about them lot? He said, they've lost. They're down. And it was just, um, but what a day. I mean, we just sent Cardiff down. Blades had gone up and Pigs had, had got relegated. It was just unbelievable what a day what a day that was yeah not really get any better than that does it <laughs> no no it don't really no no <laughs> and well, immortalised forever in, uh, in Luke Prest who, who edits this podcast has done a painting of it as well from the green and that day oh so, yeah it's, it's a brilliant isn't it? it's a yeah. great headline that yeah yeah <laughs> so so what were your first impressions when you signed for Bassett then obviously you've got a reputation Um. well I didn't I didn't as soon as I'd signed that rate and then you got your thing to report on a Sunday Sunday lunchtime uh, and we were off down to Arborfield down to the uh, army training camp so we've gone down there and um, we've, we've arrived straight off and uh, we're, we're straight into gym to do bleep test no problem trained all summer great fantastic done all that back to dormitories I remember Jock there, Jock Bryson and, and a few lads and everything. And I'm, I'm like, lads are like getting ready. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, this is pre-season. And they're all there, coming out of the shower, putting shirts on and like, it's just a bit of Kuros and whatever. And then I'm thinking, oh, what's happening here? So I said to Jock, I said, Jock, what's happening? He went, oh, oh. He said, uh, quite a few of them go out. To, there's, a, there's a pub over fields there and they go out I said what just like a black currant and soda and Harry oh no no Harry don't mind them having a pint as long as they're up ready to train it morning <laughs> and I was like wow here we go like sort of thing because my 
from Man City to Bury, it were religious like pre-season was you don't drink, you don't drink it weak. If I, as a football, you don't drink it weak, weekends are there, you know, then like to enjoy, but you've got to do that. And I'm thinking, this is pre-season, they're going out drinking. And they did. Group of them, bump over the field, back, morning, up, where you go, Harry. Never, didn't really see Harry that much. He left it to Army that first week. And they, they, we were running around with logs on his shoulders and doing all sorts of stuff and, and obviously all team building stuff, really, which then, then, then we went off to, uh, I think, Sweden then on, on tour. But yeah, you didn't, you didn't really see him that much because there, no, there were no football. It was just all physical and all getting the team bonding stuff together. So there were, there were two or three of you new in that season, weren't there? The Pemberton, Beasley signed. I'm trying to think Phil of Kite. Yeah. Uh, did Kitey sign? Yeah, I think he might have done, yeah. 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 Uh, there were me, Bees, Pembo. Um, well, I, 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 we went to Sweden. So we met Pembo at Heathrow. So obviously he's, he's, he's from Oldham. <laughs> and we're all turned up like, I'm, I'm, I'm there and, and, and whatever. And um, Pembo's met us in, a, in a, uh, a nice jacket, like blazer jacket, tweed, with a cravat on. And you're like thinking, oh, hang on a minute. I mean, I'm, I'm new to Sheffield United, lads, but I'm thinking, oh, we've got Billy Whitehurst here, all these, and somebody's turned up in a cravat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we get to Sweden, and uh, obviously you're rooming with different people, and they put me and Pembo together. So I've walked, I've walked in like when we next case or whatever, and about this big. Pembo's walked in with the biggest case you've ever seen in your life and he's put it down on his thing and he's getting these Armani jeans out this belt that this that and I'm thinking oh dear to me he shouldn't be rooming with me I don't think I think he thinks he's Giorgio Armani I'm, I'm there Giorgio Asda not Giorgio Armani <laughs> and like it took a bit of getting used to Pembo because he'd come from like he'd, he'd moved down south on his palace and flashness and all like that and and to come into a group like Chef United were, you, you you had to be uh, you had to come into that not be not be a part of it if you know what I mean. In terms of um, pre-season, then so obviously you you went out to Sweden pre-season, but you you weren't really playing. You didn't actually get much game pre-season, did you? No, think. no, no, I didn't. Um, I'll be honest. When I signed, it was. I didn't think I were good enough. Um, don't be having a go here, lads. I didn't, because uh, you're probably saying, yeah. I didn't think I were good enough. I, I, and I've always had that. I'm, I've always had that on my shoulder, what, wherever I've been, that oh, I'm not good enough to be with these. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't be here. And this was Sheffield United who just come out of all like second division. And it was a big, big thing for me to like think, do I really belong here? And, and it took me ages, I'll be honest. It really did take me ages to, to get it. And, I did suffer and when I, I'll never forget my first training session up at Wormsley Road and I'd come from Berry, which all right little Berry, but we played football Martin Dobson it was football you got it you give it full back you got it back you turned out give it there give it into a foot centre forward so I've played it first 11 v 11 ball's coming to me I've like looked to play forward played it square and Harry's gone, whoa, stop there, stop there, stop there. And he went, you might have effing done that at Berry. We don't do that here. <laughs> what? And he went, 
Now, you don't do that here. Get it out of your feet. Put it in that channel there. If it goes out of play, don't worry. And I'm thinking, I've been brought up at Man City where all we did all game is play keep ball every morning. But Martin Dobson brought me up at Berry, pass, pass, playing to front man. And then Harry's going, don't worry about it, just kick it. And, and I, I, I'll be honest, I couldn't get my head around that uh, for a long, long time. And it was like, and I know people say, game pass you by at Sheffield United, it did. Because I, I didn't, for ages, from being a midfield player who had learned under Martin and whatever, to like get involved and pe- it was suddenly going like that, and it, and it took took me took me ages to be honest to get to get to get used to that style. Lads who'd been there ages who'd come wary, not a problem. They knew what they were doing, and it was like boom in there, we'll go under that. So it, it was a massive, it was a massive culture shock. And really, if if I'd been a player from somewhere, I would have probably thought, no, this isn't for me. I'm I'm not having this. I've come here, I'll leave. But because and my roots and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to play I thought I'm sticking at this whatever I'm so, you, so you'd have obviously like that sort of doubt that you said you'd put on yourself like I'm not good enough and then you're having to adapt to this like well oh, yeah. Yeah. this style of football it obviously probably just made you double down on the doubt like am I cut out for this I mean yeah. Despite the Blades connection and being a fan at any point did you did you have any regret like I might not not just I might not be good enough for this but have I made a mistake or anything uh, like that no. it always focused on I'm playing for Blades and that's what yeah, I'm yeah I, it was I've, I've, I've made my own bed I'm going to lie in it that was it I'm, 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 I'm quite I'm a loyal person I'm an honest person so it was like right I'm not I'm not getting rid of that now I'm, I'm not moving on to the next thing because it's not working I'm going to stick at this um, and actually I'm I'm Whatever uh, anybody, whatever anybody says about it, I am so happy I did because yeah, it finished as a nightmare with us going down. But the four years with that, with the lads I played with, and what the experience I had on and off the field with Sheffield United were just unbelievable and something which I never ever can take away from me. And I'm so proud I did it. You know, one of the things you said there, Jamie, and I'm sure we'll come into the, the comparisons perhaps a little bit later on, but four years you stayed at that level. And and to many many United fans, Chris Wilder would be the, the greatest manager in their history, and, and to a lot of people he is. Yeah. Dave Bassett kept us there for four years, albeit in a different era. That's something going that, isn't it? Well, it's, it's funny. I, I'd, well, I knew we were coming on this. So this morning, I've, I've had a bit of time. I've, I've not had to match to my do report on today. So I thought, right, I'm going to have a look at some stuff from when I were at United. I don't really do it. And I looked at the 1991 season. Dave Kilner does the things on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen him. But yeah, yeah, watched yeah. it. And then the 1990... And you look at some of the players who, who were playing against us for Man United and Arsenal's and all like that, Tottenham's, Gaza at his best. And and you think, I know it's a different era, but they were the top players then. And and, yeah. and actually, hard players as well. You had to like, it was hard and hard and hard. And, you know, where you had to really eat, really give everything every match to get anything from it. And, and like you say, four years, it, it does wrangle with me a little bit because we don't get the credit we deserve for staying in well, Premier League as it became then for all that time. Because 
we didn't we didn't have the the money. We didn't have that. As uh, even then, the top players were getting paid top money. You know, not like they're doing now. But the best players went to the best clubs, which they do now. And we were we were an Ari as a manager and us as a group of players got every ounce of what we could out out of each other and what and what he got as well, which were fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, like you say, Tufty, Tufty does get that in the way they play and everything. But uh, Harry's Harry's still up there. He's got to be, got to be. Even in relative terms, we weren't like we, you know, Tufty's paid twenty million for Berger and twenty odd million for Brewster. In relative terms, we weren't in, in your in your day. We weren't paying anything like that for players. So no. if if twenty million now is a million then. Yeah, we weren't paying a million quid. I mean, I think you were our record signing at two fifty, yeah. and then was, yeah, then B, I think Bees brought that couple of quid over around three fifty. And then Brian Gale and and Vinnie Kane, didn't he? Yeah, Bassett actually says it on that YouTube documentary, doesn't he? When yeah. Vinnie yeah. Jones came in, someone else came in the week before. I can't think. Marwood. Brian Marwood. Yeah, Brian Marwood came in the week before. So United that put United's transfer spending up to two million in that yeah. summer. Yeah, which was unheard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you say that, and in relative terms, that was nothing really. No. When you're looking at the big boys up there, we're spending like two and a half million on a player, and and signing three or four like that, which were massive compared with what it is now. Listen, I know what what the transfer fees are now to get a decent centre forward. You have to pay twenty million pounds, no matter what they've done, which yeah. is crazy. But that that's. That's how it's evolved football now, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. But uh, I do hope that does get us a decent centre forward, Jamie. Time will tell on that. That's a different point. <laughs> yeah, I don't... The, uh, it's, it's interesting though. We'd, we'd spent that two million at that point, and it meant that we needed a grand national sweepstake to try and buy Glenn Hodges later in the season. So that's another example of how you know football and, and money has evolved over time. Yeah, God, yeah, grand national sweepstakes is not Hodges, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, in fairness, that was money well spent. Uh, oh, that, yeah. that, that 400 for Oji was... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interestingly, did, we were talking about this before you came on, Jamie, but did you hear the interview with Rodgers after that season, talking about the next season and his dreams and ambitions and all that sort of stuff? No, I have No, no. Brilliant. Brilliant. He'd got a dream to play at Wembley because he'd, he'd left clubs in the following season. Yeah. They'd played at Wembley all these times. And then he started talking about Europe and we might not win the league, but I think we've got a chance and stuff like that. It's <laughs> not wrong with being ambitious, is it? It's funny, Oji, you see, because playing with him, he, he was the biggest cheat in training. He, <laughs> he, never, he never hit the lines when we didn't run in. He got away with murder with Harry. Uh, and all this sort of stuff and, and if there's one person you thought I'd never be a coach never be a manager and walk away from football uh, our old dressing room you go Glyn Hodges thought he's not going to and, and I've, I've known like I've been lucky enough more or less to stay in football since I finished it in different capacities so I bump into Hodges a lot and he's and he's brilliant you know he's very much still like Chris is the old school, new school, and all like that. But he loves his football, and that—that's his life. But knowing him then and what he was like, you know, off the field and everything, you would have thought no chance. And it's amazing that he's—he's he's gone on and, and still carried on with his career in football, and still lives in bloody Doncaster, doesn't he? Still loves up in North. Does he? Loves it. Does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't did, know that. Uh, did Did Harry treat him differently because he was 
as talented. So, like you say, he, he kind of, you know, not tossed it off, but he kind of cut the run short and, and kind of shirked it off in training. Did Harry kind of cut him a bit of slack because he was as good as he was? I, I think so, but also Harry, he knew Harry and he knew how he ticked and what he could get away with and yeah. what he couldn't get away with, you know what I mean? You know, a player who can run up pitch after final whistle and headbutt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would injured at time. I was there as a fan. Uh, I'd gone up like to, to to that game, and when he headbutted Gordon Armstrong, so but he got it like he didn't get away with it because he got done with it. But Harry yeah. just, oh, well, you know, get on. It happens, sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, and also with the players, he got away with it in a in a sense that he were brilliant. So we knew, yeah, you can get away with it, Oji, because on a Saturday we'll give you ball and you'll do something for us. Yeah. You know, uh, which I think a lot of top players are like that. And he, he was a top player and a, and a, and a top, top lad as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. So if, if we roll it back to that start of that season then, so you've, you've gone into that game against Liverpool, massive first game back after 14 years out of the top flight for United. And it's the worst possible start, isn't it? I mean, how, how yeah, do the... I mean, it's funny because that game, I we played Sheffield Wednesday, haven't we, in that Steel City Cup week before? That's right, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think I'd come on in that and Harry had said, go on and blah, blah. And I clashed shins with uh, Colin Palmer. And my shin was unbel- like just below it. I've still got scar now. And it went green. It was actually green near my ankle. But I didn't tell anybody for a week because Harry had picked team early on it week and said, you're playing. And honestly, my, my leg, I'm looking at it thinking, I don't know what that is, but that shouldn't be there. But I played and we played Liverpool. Honestly, we played Liverpool and he put me right wing. He said, right, I want you to play right wing. Right wing? <laughs> what for me, guile and speed? And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, no. And he said, no, no, what we'll do? Trace will kick it, you flick it on. Um, and this is what I mean. When I'm saying about a culture shock to me, I'm like, right, so now, up to me, win headers, flick it on. Thinking, great, all right. Beautiful sunny day. It was red hot. Liverpool at home. Oh, wow. McManaman, I think. Who else had they got? Craig Johnson. You know, Rush, Barnes, Houghton. All of them. You're like, yeah. coming out, coming out of tunnel, and you're like, ah, like looking, wow, sort of thing. I'd played Newport County a year before. About so, to be in the ball play again, aren't you? What's, it's like we're coming out, wow, this is great. I'm like, can, should I ask for autographs or not? But, and then straight into the game, and Rush goes through, clashes with Trace, and, and straight away, boom, there we go, off you come. No sub-goalkeepers. And Pembo goes in goal, and he's thinking, mm, I don't think this is going to be our day. I think we lost three. Did we lose 3 1 in that? 3 1. 3 1, yeah. He ran past one, didn't he? Pemberton ran past one. Yeah, which weren't a bad result as as things went with goalkeeper injured. So, uh, yeah, it were, it, were, it were a bloody nap. I mean, greatest thing with that one was I got done for drugs test after. So I'm, I'm like in there in this room trying to have a tiddle next to John Barnes and Ian Rush. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so hot, it just took ages about in there two hours. But it was like, wow, John Barnsley and Rush. I'm trying to have a tiddle next to them. This is great. <laughs> it doesn't do much for stage fright, that, does it? Sorry? It doesn't do much for stage fright, that, does it? Oh, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking I'll just turn this way a little bit. <laughs> and then and then on the, on the Tuesday, I think we got Derby, haven't we, away? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm still... 
uh, with me with me Shane and Harry picked the same team. So first half, I just remember it being an absolute blur, and I'm I'm sweating, uh, not from running. I'm just sweating, just in a right state. And I think at half time, uh, he brought me off, and I said, "Great, come off." I said, "Harry, meet me Shane," and the Frenchy looked at me and went, "Oh yeah, yeah, better get doctor to have a look at that." So I went in old baseball ground and I went in a room and doctor came in he went oh my god get him to hospital now and I'd got an abscess and I could have lost my leg and they, they rushed me in and I had to scrape all poison out of my leg <laughs> out of my shin I've still got I've still, honestly I've got a scar here unbelievable and the, and that that obviously curtailed me my season for a bit because they had to dig in it to get all, all rubbish out uh, but because I was that desperate to play first game and I'm having it against Sheffield Wednesday, it nearly lost me my leg. But, you know, that's that what was... happens for kicking Carlton Palmer, doesn't it? There's a reason we call it dirty unwashed. I think he kicked me, so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, and, and then did we get a, did we draw at Derby? Got a one one at Derby, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was. And then you're thinking, brilliant, we've got a one one. Right, we we we've got it we, we that's it. We're never gonna beat Liverpool. Got a one one. Let's get on with season now. As we thought. That went well. Yeah. At what point did that, because obviously I think we got a 1-1 again next game against Man City. So again, two points out of the first three games, not not the worst. At what point did no wins start to become a bit of a, when you kind of look at each other thinking, aye, aye, this is turning into something here? Um, (laughs) We never, it's one of them, we never doubted ourselves and we always thought if we can just get a win, we'll start something. Honestly, we did because we were that group. Even though Summers had only just come to to come to the party as such, we, we joined our joint squad. It was that sort of thing, and it was like we just need that one win. We'll get it now, and we didn't. And it was like, come on. And Harry, Harry was brilliant, keeping everybody together. As much as he'd lose his rag and go barmy, he never he never really criticised players in press or did any of that he kept it all together and it was like but then as it went on and on and on you're thinking oh dear this 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 is getting this is getting bad now we've got to get this win we've got to get it and then luckily as it was it, it, it came and the rest is history as they say eventually yeah I, I, it- I've got a question about that and the, and the process that obviously we can see that the parallels with, with right now. And it's, I think it's very easy to say Wilder was there, therefore he'll know what to do because I don't think that's necessarily the case. No. But what do you think he'll be drawing on from them and what, what from then and, and doing sort of now with the players I, specifically? I, I, think, I think like, um, I think he'd be looking, he'd be looking at the table and going, actually... As much as we're doing that, there's other teams who are who are exactly the same, and it's who can get to that first, who can actually get going in the race, can get that over. Like United got West Ham, haven't they? And on sat, and, and you think yeah. if we can get that one, suddenly it's the it's off the back, and away we go. And he, and he'll be saying that to him. <clears throat> I think now as well, I'll be honest with you, players are a different mentality. You know, they are a different mentality. I think it's hard to keep a, a, a team spirit like that all the time because a lot of players are selfish and want to just, oh, well, it's, it's me, it's me, it's me sort of thing. As it then, we had no superstars. Yeah, we had Brian Dean, but 
Dino didn't know he was a superstar then. You know, I don't <laughs> think he knows he's a superstar now, Dino. But you know what I mean? So even our, our glory players were, were part of us. It were like, yeah, 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 yeah we'll, we'll do it and we'll, we'll, it'll all come together. And, and I think you're spot on all this about, oh, well, Chris will know because he were there at time. Chris won't remember what we were doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, he loved his Peronis. Then we were out all the time. So, you know, but it, 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 he'll, he'll, remember, he'll, he'll, he'll get the, the experience from as we were as a group and that. But you can never, you can never um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, have that again. That, that yeah. feeling, what, that, what, that was 30 years ago, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, and not, that's different. Football's different now. But it's important that he'll, he'll be making the players still believe and, and thinking, don't worry. Now, now, the problem is now we get all social media, we get all that, telling players how bad they are and whatever. When I played, you just got it on a Saturday. Right? Yeah. Shouting and all like that. And then if, if I were in my dad's pub, somebody would say it or whatever. And that were it. It's a go. Now, if you're a player and you're on social media reading some of the things what have been said and whatever, you would. I mean, I thank God they weren't social media when I played. I would have definitely gone under with my one on my shoulder. And, and that's, a, I'm, I, think, I think, a very important thing for players now is not to, there's only one person you need to listen to and that's your manager because he'll be picking you. Not, not what, what they're all saying in this and what they're doing here and what they're going to do there and whatever. You need, to, you need that belief from your manager that he's picking you and that you're going to produce. And I think they will. I think they've been really... I'll be honest, I think they've been unlucky this season. With some early on in season with the, de- the decision at Villa, <clears throat> the decision at Arsenal, the sending off, um, and then Leeds nicking a goal late on. And them sort of things, what just didn't you a little bit? And then people going, ah, well, it's second season syndrome. You know, yeah, It's lazy, that though, isn't it? That's so easy to say. Of course it is. You know... And the season they had last season was unbelievable. Nobody in a million years, the biggest diehard Sheffield United fan, which I am, as it would have thought, yeah, Sheffield United are going to hit the Premier League and be like they are. And if they hadn't had the lockdown, probably would have finished up in Europe uh, with the crowds and everything. But as it is, it's not. And then you move on to the next one. And yeah, it is. But all teams have this. Leicester won't league. And then finished up near bottom season after. You know, so... <coughs> Players have got to take responsibility as well. Have a, have a bit more, come on, get together sort of thing. Get on it. Yeah, Jack O'Connell's not playing. Dean Henderson's gone back. That, that happens in football. You know, that happens. Players come and go. Players get injured. You've just got to have that belief and that keep that inner strength as a squad and you'll get out of it. So Tufty doesn't need to bring, what was his name? Was it Simon the Psycho, the, uh, the psychologist that, that yeah. Harry hired? Oh, my God. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh dear to me, we, that was Liverpool. I think we played Liverpool away, and um, we were at Adock Thistle the night before, and he got us all in this room, and uh, he said, "Right, you lot over there, you lot over here." Right, and like this, we're talking Billy Whitehurst, Bob Bookers, Will Frostrums, all like this in a room. You lot have got to get to that side at wall, and you lot have got to get to that side at wall. Well, he was just like crazy. Like British bulldog. Well, yeah, it was. Lads <laughs> are coming out 
we're carpet burns, everything. And we're playing Anfield right after. So he, he's, he after it, like he said, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Really good, really good, really good. He went, your, your strength of character is fantastic. I'm sub night after I'm sat up bench, kicked off. We haven't touched ball for 30 minutes against Liverpool at Anfield. And he's gone to me, why? Why do we not get the ball? Why, why do we not get the ball? I said, because it's bloody Liverpool. I said, you can have all your psychology stuff at will. That's Liverpool, top team in the country. Oh, 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 God. It was like, what are we doing here? What have we got? But that were another one, Harry's, just bring something in. Just yeah. crazy. Let lads just have a fight for, for half an hour. Right, get on with it. I can remember Kevin Gage. We, we've had Kevin Gage on this pod before, and he was telling us Bassett was actually quite a revolutionary with stuff like that. Yeah. He, did, he, he had someone doing videotapes for him and all sorts, didn't he? Uh, Andy Crane, yeah. Andy Kane. Um, unbelievable. We had our own video vault at Sheffield United built at Bramall Lane. So <coughs> we'd, um, we'd be like playing on a Saturday against Man U. And, and Harry would say, right, everybody down. And we'd sit there and he'd put the, he'd put the video in, like the set thing, and it goes, little telly, and on it goes. And it'd be AC Milan. It'd be AC Milan playing and pressing with Maldini, Baresi, and all like these. Ostacero, all squeezing in. Look at them, look, look what they do there with the ball, and they drop off. <laughs> Lads were like, yeah, Harry. But look who we've got playing for us at back. <laughs> Paul Beasley and Brian Hale. <laughs> That's not Maldini and Baresi. <laughs> but you can imagine Bees, can't you? Harry, Harry, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy, Harry. Because just watch it. But what he used to do, I don't know if anybody's ever brought this up. We'd be watching these videos. So you can imagine lads after like two or three minutes bored as anything, like messing about. And then next thing, they'd be well. I, I can't tell you what had come on because better not. But they'd be like, "You're allowed to swear on this pod. Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> right, a bit of naughty film, come on. <laughs> naughty film. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it. You never know who's watching. And lads would be like, eh? And like, there you go, watching that. And then next, about a minute later, boom, they'd be back on, AC Milan. Boom, <laughs> playing like that. So lads would be like transfixed on <laughs> Swear to God, three minutes later, Maldini's done another block and Beezer's going, no, I can't do that. Tommy Cooper would be on. <laughs> It'd be like a sketch of Tommy Cooper. So what lads are watching. But it, but Harry's thing, you see, and like you say, he were he were years ahead, is keep the concentration. So instead of just watching, oh look AC Milan again, yeah, playing out front back, look at us, we knock it so, yeah, yeah, you're all right. Well what, what a bit of comedy on or a bit of naughty film on or something like that. And it just used to be, wow. And then he brought the diet diet lads in, the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, Ed Baronowski, we called them. So we, we, we are an early, awesome Wenger, they go, oh yeah, invented the diet stuff and all like that. No, Harry brought this bloke in and it was like, you can only eat fruit, pasta, blah, blah, blah. Then you graze, then you have to get up at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, come down. Then there'll be cereals for you and all like this. In the week, we train like Tuesday morning. Tuesday afternoon, we'd be at um, Don Valley to do uh, interval training, running, weights, twice a week, all like that. All the stuff, what now, 30 years on, going, look at him now, unbelievable. Ariu sometimes made us play like dog and dog, like get it in there, 
was unbelievable. Like as a as somebody who was a visionary, who, who psychologist, video analysis, diet, fitness, miles ahead, miles ahead. He were brilliant. Just haven't got players to work with it. And. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's good. So going back to that, you say we, we talked about how that moment came against Forest. Obviously, week before, I think in the midweek before we played Forest, and we're still on. It was still on two points at that stage, rock bottom. We played Oldham in the Zenith Data Systems Cup, and me and Dan were reminiscing on WhatsApp this week. I think we were we were two, without respected as of the three thousand one hundred and forty-four in Bramall Lane that night. And I remember running up and down an empty cot where we scored yeah. the seventh because I'd never seen us win. I'm 15. I'd never seen us score seven goals in my life before. Yeah, we did that seven, didn't we? Yes. Was, was that psychologically important? I think it was. Getting a big win like that. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was like, there we go. We can do it. We've done it. And uh, yeah, I mean, Oldham were, I think Oldham were in Premier League then or did they come season after? can't remember now, but they were a top team. And he were like, we beat Oldham. And we've, we've not beaten, we've murdered them. Yeah. And he's like, you know, there you go, lads. It, it's there. And I think for some players, certainly forwards, it was like, yeah, we score goals. We've scored some goals. It's, it's given us that thing now, what we can do. And then with Forrest coming up on Saturday, after winning seven, it's like, right, think about what we've done in midweek. Let's take it into, in, into the Saturday game. So that 15-year-old me nearly missed that because... After after nine minutes at 2-0 down, my old man was like, right, come on, that's it, we're going, the crap. Yeah. And, and, and we had to persuade him to stay, luckily. Yeah. He did, and, and obviously we scored seven, but yeah, he were all for, he were all for going yeah. home after 10 minutes. Yeah, he was, that's right. Yeah, 2-0 down and then seven, yeah. <laughs> 3,000 there, wow. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, even the, even the crowds for the bigger games that season, I think we forget we were getting sort of like... 15, 16,000 for some yeah. home games. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't no. the size of crowds we get now. Was it 15 or 16,000 or it 25 and some couple of stewards on cop have got about four grand in the sock? Because <laughs> I remember some of the attendances when I was first going ended to say, oh, there's 17,500 here. It's like, well, there's no space on cop. So where are they? Yeah. <laughs> remember hearing a story from someone once that one of uh, folks who who worked on one at Turnstiles, came back for um, a Torquay game in League Cup on Tuesday night from his... Uh, we played, oh, he was in Torquay and we got a League Cup game and he, uh, he goes, oh, we're all going for two weeks, but I'll come back and, and work that. I'm desperate for money. So he drove back to, uh, obviously, go on Turnstile. I wonder why I can't think. <laughs> yeah. got, a private jet, got a private jet back down to Torquay. Afterwards, <laughs> That's most Blades thing ever, though, isn't it? Even bloody boats on turnstiles are on 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 <laughs> somehow, and yeah. <laughs> so on 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 that Forest game, then you were on the bench that day. I think yeah. you came on late yeah. in the game. Yeah. How how did it unfold from your perspective? Because obviously it was a bit of a topsy turvy game, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, um, it was. Did we go two? I think we two nil. Were we two nil up? One nil up. One nil up. All without touching the ball. That's right. And two one yeah. down. It scored straight away. Yep. And then two one down. Pierce scored with outside of his left foot from edge of box. Yeah. And then two two three. Yeah. Uh, three two. We equalised straight after state. They went two one up as well. Yeah. Didn't they? And then yeah. we equalised to two two. Bryson it inside of both posts and out. And we thought, 
That's, yeah, this I remember. Just happening. This is it, and then yeah, that's right. I remember Jockey t- hitting them and thinking, "We're not going to win. We're not going to win." And then who got it? Who got winner? Dino. Was it Dino from Bradders Cross? And and I remember that there was a cross late on. We're winning three two, and I think Trey's come and got it. And I remember I, I was behind him, and I jumped up like I was on on cop. I, I jumped <laughs> up. And I, you can watch it, and I'm I'm jumped up and I'm punching air like that because he's caught this cross. You think now, oh my gosh, can you imagine? But it was just the relief that I knew that the time was nearly up. He caught the ball and we're going to win the game. And the final whistle went, and it was like we'd won the World Cup, weren't it? It was yeah, just it was like, a pitch invasion and pitch everything. Invasion. Yeah, pitch invasion. Everybody on, and it was like wow. And the euphoria, the euphoria, and the relief was just, just as one really that that we we'd done it, and now like we we've got that win. Now we can start really, and um, it and as it was, it it turned out that way. And that, then I mean, that, that result on its own speaks to the the spirit in the side because again going one nil up. Yeah. And then one all straight away and two one down for a team yeah. that's not won all season. Yeah. That could have just been another defeat in a yeah. Yeah. in a long line of them. I mean, you, you look at it like that, and I think if we'd lost that one going into it, it would have been a long old winter then, and might not have got out of it, and might have gone back down straight away. That, that was a really good Forest side as well, wasn't it? It's got yeah. some really good players yeah. in it. Yeah, really good. My favourite, Brian Laws at right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They had some really good players. Mm. But, yeah, but I think as well, the, the supporters, how they reacted, showed how much they were with us as well. You know, how much it meant to them that we'd, that we'd won and the relief for them and what it was. And, and like then it, it, I think it just, it was like an electricity charge through the whole club. That we can we can do this, we and I think that's unfortunately something that if, if hopefully we do beat West Ham on Sunday. But one thing that happened under Tufty is over the last four years, we felt so connected to players, and you know we're all pulling in the same direction. I mean, some at full times at away games, you almost were starting to take it for granted that it felt it almost felt like I'm here with my brothers and sisters, like this is my family and we're all in this together and we're achieving something amazing. So say we get the win on Sunday. Without yeah. the fans in the ground, I just wonder if it wouldn't carry that sort of the way you just talked about it, Jamie, you know, like that 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 charge, you know? I, th- I think it's definitely affected United. Definitely. I mean obviously a, a club Close to me, where I am now, Burnley. I think it affects them as well. You know, it gives them that, uh, like a fortress at Turf Moor. Certainly, Bramall Lane. You talk to people who who go and play there now. Even when I did, and it's like quite. A, I never felt it like that at all, but like an intimidating place with supporters and they're on you and the noise and all like that. And I think it can be when there's nobody there. It's it's a bit different. And and if they like you say, if they win on Sunday, it's, they've won. And they all touch elbows and they all go off and it's like, great, rather than they're over to Cop or John Street and it's like that and you come on and they, you get it back and like, right, I want that again next week. I want that where we're playing. Come on. That's brilliant. They want it. We want it. As it is, it's not, I think you're spot on. I think there's not that feeling there at the moment because because of that. 
And we were talking, we've been talking a, a long time, like even back to, towards the back end of last season when we had that great run of three wins against Wolves, Spurs and Chelsea last time we won a game, those three. But we had those three games against arguably, well, three top ten sides in the country. They were obviously all at home. Scored, scored like we had that last minute uh, win against Wolves where Egan scored that header. Three ground for that. You know, like <coughs> the cop nearly takes off. Yeah. Goldberg gets that first goal against Chelsea. Same, like the Bramall Lane would have been electric. It was. It was that day. I was there scouting in my job. And I just, <laughs> but you know, you know I mean, these sort of things. There's about 20 people stood around there, sat with us, and we've gone 3-0 up and there like that. And they, they've all looked down from director's box and looked round and just like like that sort of thing. But yeah, but yeah you're right. You're right. Yeah, it is. And now, and watching that, so Sunday when I sit down to watch that, even if we were to batter West Ham, yeah. which I'd love us yeah. to do, it just won't feel the same. No, and, no, no. And it's, it's tragic, really, mm. because... Obviously, as I talked about, hopefully quite passionately, what Wild has built up with us and fans and how we feel, it seems just, I think it really is affecting us. And and hearing you speak about it, and you talked about how things are very different now to the word then, that sort of buzz you get off fans, I don't think that has ever changed or will ever change. It It shouldn't do if you're a player. That should never change. Elite level sport is about yeah. performing on a stage, isn't it? As well, yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you talked about the celebrate going out on pre-season. Did you go out that night? Then was it a good celebration, or was it just yeah. reflect and roll your sleeves up after beating Forest? I think so. Probably usual suspects went out. I think I. I probably trotted back home actually that night. I, I, no, in fact, I probably had to go and open up for my dad at Sheldon. I used to have to do that after summer games. Can you, can you do it for the hour? <laughs> Brilliant. But I'll tell you, here's another one talking about opening up for my dad. When I played for Sheffield United, I were in charge at Players Bar. You know, it used to be in, in uh, South Stand. Yeah. So I were in charge of it. So great stuff. So on a Saturday, on a Friday afternoon, I used to drive up to Macro, fill car up with like Corona, Sols, all like that, the limes, everything. Saturday morning, so we were playing Man United, I'd make sure I got there half an hour early or three quarters. Lug all beers up into Players Lounge, stack them all up. Peggy, who used to who used to help us, old Peggy, God rest her soul, she used to look after the bar. I'd be cutting limes up a pump bar, sort all till out, everything there, and then go down for to team talk. <laughs> make sure the bar was stacked before we go and play. Brilliant. Fantastic. And then you line back to Sheldon to open up for yeah, your dad. Go back and do that after I played and get get a roll get a bollocking off my dad because I've been able to get near Gaza all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then get a bollocking off all fans coming in shit today, Jamie, as I'm putting well, you will do. Oh, do you have half a pint? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, just open up. But that that, that were, that's how it were. And lads used to come in after some at players and and that's how it were. That's and I think that's what Tufty have brought back, to be fair. Tufty have brought that back, that not obviously opening up my dad's pub and stocking players bar. I don't think they have to do that anymore. But I think that togetherness of being Sheffield United, being Sheffield and and 
if lads were people had, had relate to players and could relate to them and could feel part of, and they could feel part of fans and what it meant, what the club meant to them. Yeah, you, uh, you say that, but there's a good video of Paul Coots behind the bar in the players' bar after um, League One promotion season. I know John, uh, John Flake wants a Corona. It's a famous yeah. video. Yeah, I know. I know Cootsy really well. I worked at Preston for a little bit when he came down. So yeah, yeah that's about right round bar for Cootsy. <laughs> can't imagine. Imagine obviously having we've had Bradders on here. I can't imagine him drinking Corona because I remember when we were. We're in uh, cross size where we'd normally do do podcasts, and I think Phil had got him some sort of like specialist lager that are on. Uh, oh, do you want another brand? And he says, "Yeah, I do, but not that." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he must have. Carl, sorry, mate. He must have gone a bit connoisseur because when we play with him, he would drink anything, and I mean anything. So yeah. <laughs> I did ask him about some uh, some thoughts on this pod for, for this podcast because he was going to try and get on until I told him it were on Zoom, oh. and uh, he, he went, "You know what, Phil? I can't really remember. It all just mingles into one for me. <laughs> <laughs> it just sums up Carl Bradshaw, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's about right for Bradders. Brilliant. <laughs> just uh, just pick it up there. So from. <laughs> You know when you you know you talk about connection. You know when you came off the bench in that game, Jamie, against Forest, yeah. we were, we'd just gone three two up, I think. Yeah. So did you feel that pressure at that point? Did you feel? I mean, obviously there's the there's the pressure to maintain that result to the end, isn't there? And we yeah. were under the cosh of it. Did, did that did that come did that come off the cop and off the stands onto the players? No, without feeling. I mean, you, you talked about that celebration with him catching it, with yeah. Tracy catching it. It, it does, and and the thing. I think that's the thing what we're missing now with no fans in there because you, the players you used to get a, well you do you get a, a, a feeling off the crowd whether it's a tackle whether it's a, a misplaced pass whether it's a shot on goal the the the, the noise uh, you, you get and it comes onto you so when when obviously when you're coming on and the time's ticking on and it goes to like ten minutes five minutes done the crowd know that as well. As much as you're looking at that big clock on Bramall Lane end, the crowd are looking at their things going, oh God, one minute, oh, and anything like, and ooh, like, come on. And you can feel it. You can feel that pressure. Um, <coughs> but that's, that's playing football. So you, 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 you have to get on with it. And, and as it was we, that, that day, we did. And, and then the whole pressure cooker explodes to the euphoria at the end where everybody's on the pitch. You were right as a squad then when you when you said earlier on that you thought that if we get one win, this will kick us onto something. Because after that, I think we beat QPR following game, went to went to Ivory and lost. But yeah. then we kind of we kicked on from there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Put a decent run together after that. Luton, yeah. Beat Luton away on Boxing uh, Boxing Day. Was that boxing? Was Luton yeah. Boxing Day? Yeah, one nil. Yeah, sorry, it was Luton uh, Boxing Day and QPR yeah. New Year's Day, weren't it? That's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, and it was, and that, you know, just that Forest one then, then gave us that where you thought, right, here we go, we, 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 we know we can, when I said no, we can do it, we know we can win, and I think that that was it, and we always had the talisman, you see, Dino, and what we knew if we could get him going, we'd, we'd be all right. I didn't realise just how many goals he scored that season. He were on like fourteen, come Christmas, I think, or something like that. He scored a lot of goals, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I mean, 
it's amazing people like you're going about Dino and people get yeah, a big gangly and all I mean I'm I'm he made his debut against me when I was playing for Berry. And I remember him coming on at the old Bellevue and this big giraffe came on. Ball was bouncing off him all over the place and you're thinking, wow, and what have they got here? He's never going to be a footballer. And then you come to Bramall Lane and obviously he, he really worked hard at all his stuff and, and whatever. And unbelievable feet he'd got. And, and, and he got a bad rap because he was playing for us. And it's like, oh, he's like just aggressive and he just knocks people about. His feet were brilliant. Like line, standing people up and just going past them and then just creating a yard for his shot. And then some of his goals were just sublime, really, how he, how he took them. Um, he was he he a brilliant centre forward, Dino. Fantastic. Do you think he'd be what sort of bracket price-wise would have been in today's market? Because obviously, when it comes to strikers, yeah, like, the sky's the limit, isn't it? I'm not that good. I'd say about a million. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> no, I'd say, I'd say, uh, what would he be, Dino? I mean, he was a top striker then, back in then. So he went, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You're talking 50, 60 million pounds. I, I think so. All, all round as yeah. an all-round striker, oh. like you say, it, it wasn't just a target man. He could, he, he could go past the man. He could cross. He could finish. Yeah. He could yeah. edit. He could hold it up. Yeah, bit of everything. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that that sort of striker these and, and would get you fifteen goals a season in top yeah. flight. Yeah, that, that like you said, that's fifty, sixty million now. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone like him now. There isn't, is there? I can't think of anyone who you'd class as being like that. That, that I mean, I guess there is an obvious one. From Sheffield as well, but yeah, Calvert Lewin's got a whiff of Dino about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah he has. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he has, without doubt. And he's and he's worked hard at his game as well, like uh, like Dino did. Uh, but the the few and far between, but them sort of centre forwards like your Brian Deans are what teams are crying out for now. Mm. You know that that strong target man who's got pace who can score goals and can lead the line on his own we played with two up didn't we obviously Tony Agarna played with him Little John Jock played up top with him sometimes but Dino could have been a man on his own up yeah. top no problem yeah. hold it up late back in channels whatever even like you say drift out to wing got midfield players going in there he'd deliver as well he had, he had a bit of everything I mean, I've been dreaming mid- about yeah. coming on front mid- on midfield onto a Dean layoff, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I hope he don't listen to this because I don't want his head going too big. <laughs> <laughs> There's I another player that. you mentioned there that I, I always thought was underrated at the time. That's Jockey Bryson. Yeah. I don't think he ever got the credit he probably deserved. No. How did he not get a Scotland cap? I mean, let's be fair, Scotland have never been best no. side. Well, around that era, they weren't best side in the world. No. And he's getting... Yeah. Close to a couple of figures for a couple of three seasons in top flight. How yeah. is he not getting a Scotland cap? Well, I think, I think like I, I said earlier, I think Sheffield United at the time were classed as a little bit as, as the Northern Wimbledon, weren't we? Yeah. And, you know, they're not that good. They've got Brian Dean who can score goals, but actually all they do is just hoof it and do all that. So anybody who plays in the team, actually they're not that good footballers. They're just physical and can run about. So I think, unfortunately, we had a bit of a stigma around us that that we weren't that 
which were, which was very unfair. But because Harry had come from Wimbledon and a lot of players were Wimbledon, <clears throat> we had that. So to to get international honours were, were very very hard. Other, I mean, Dino did, which was brilliant. Yeah. But he had to because he, he he did so well and score goals in in Premier League. He had to get England cap. Just, just really, one of, in one of the programmes I was looking through from that season, late on that season, Jamie, I think you are quoted as saying, if we can stay up, I think we'll comfortably survive next season and be stronger because of this season's battles. Firstly, can I have the lottery numbers and can you tell me United's result on Saturday? <laughs> and secondly, I mean, is that, and it comes back to it, it's sort of rounding off this bit about that season, does that, does that kind of show, if that's the belief that a yeah. win brings and, and, and the self-belief in that, in that squad? Well, yeah, because as as well, it was our first season in there, so it were all new. Well, it was mm. certainly my first season playing at that sort of level, and and most of the lads, to be honest. <clears throat> so it was like, um, if we can survive this, and how we survived it, you know, being rock bottom and doing it, yeah, we 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 we're going to be fine because we can we can go on as past what happened last season, be strong from that. Actually. There's some good players in that pre- in, in the Premier League as it was or First Division. Well, hey, we can match a lot of them, a lot of them in there by just what what, what we are as well, and don't let doubt ourselves. And and I think that's what we did, and we added to the squad a little bit as well. We we were always evolving and, and moving on, and and we, we we did. We never stood still. We we got better and better, and um, and I think that's that's the thing. What you know. Last season, everybody's like the go down Chef United. Everybody said they're down, didn't they? All pundits, Garth and all his mates, they're down. And they proved everybody wrong. And actually, the season's not even got going for a lot of teams at the moment. A lot of teams. A lot of teams who are going to be in that middle at the moment are, are looking down going, oh, we're all right, we're here. You'll see as it, as it starts, as it really gets going the season, how it's going to pan out. So United can also look at last season and say, come on, we're, we're, like they had some really good results against top teams last year and that can be a bit of a freak. You know, that can be a freak. It's the, it's the other table you've got to be worried about, the teams around you who you're playing against. Yeah. You know. yeah, we said that, didn't we, the other week? Fulham, not beating Fulham's a, a bad result, but the yeah. others yeah. can happen. Losing to Arsenal, losing to Liverpool is not going to define how our season pans out, is it? Certainly not. Certainly not, no. And and that's what frustrates me sometimes because obviously I'm over here, Lancashire, but all my my social media things on Facebook are, are United and and different things and some at fans on. Oh, can't, what what are we doing here? Why have we not competed with with Liverpool or Arsenal? And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you know we never did. All right, you did last season for one season, <clears throat> but you're never going to compete with them. And 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 by the way, eighty percent of teams in Premier League don't. Yeah, you know, and it's a it's it's a realism of where 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 you are. That's the thing. Uh, you know, Burnley fans have had it a little bit. Where oh, we need, they got in Europe once, and now it's like season after. Whew, we've got to be pushing Champions League. Hang on, whoa, hang on a minute. You know, let's just get some realism to where where we are as a club and what we're doing. And I think that's what you know. I, I see lazy journalism. What if you know Wilder out? What do you think? Who would you like in? Hey, what? What? Hey, I'm like, and I know he's me mate. He's me mate, and and you know I, I still speak to him quite a lot. And I'm just thinking, my God, do us a fair. Harry would have been sacked after ten games that season, 1990. Yeah, 
you know, Charlton did it a few seasons ago, didn't they? Their fans got fed up of finishing tenth in Premier League, yeah, and yep. kind of demanded Kirby to lose his job, yeah, and they've spent the last. 15 yep. seasons kicking the heels in yep. third division. And then well, Bolton, Bolton are a classic example, aren't they? Bolton are paradise. Ipswich, yeah. Mick McCarthy, you know, Sunderland have changed the managers and all we want yeah. to be this one, and bum, 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 you go like that. Because the foundations aren't in. You, you've got you've to stay there for quite a... Burnley have done it brilliant. Burnley have done it brilliant. They, they've stayed there, they've built a training ground. It's going to be hard from this season, but you won't back against them. But no. they just, they, they do it and they're consistent and you stay in there and you've got to set your expectations where you want to be. I think as well, it's very different now that all this season, back in the last season, people watching <coughs> games on TV, polarises what you're seeing. Bad incidents, by end of game, for example, if Ramsdale drops one, yeah. you have to watch it 15 times. Whereas at match... You might not see it until you walk into the pub after and somebody goes, God, that shit, look at that. And then you have a pint and you don't talk about it in the same way. Yeah, there is the same sort of keyboard warriors, but they're not ones who go to games, proper fans and things. No, no. no. And it, it just, I think, I, I think that's been amplified by this lockdown in terms of some of the criticism that's gone the way of some of our players. And anyone who's writing a Wilder Out article and wants to call himself a journalist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on. No, well, well, that's you know, that's unfortunately modern day football, isn't it? You know, you, I, when I played, you look at managers, and minimum they stayed at clubs for four years. You know, Alex Ferguson, yeah. twenty five years. What do you know? Well, yeah, that's never already one. He's probably already one of the most longest standing managers, isn't he? Yeah. Well, there'll be him and yeah. Daichi will be one of them as well. Daichi. I think Daichi is. I think Daichi is longest serving manager in English football. You know, I think so. Yeah. So, and we stuck by Harry, and it's time to stick by Wilder now. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I I think we'll we'll call a halt there for now, and we'll rejoin with a bit more chat about Jamie's career in a minute. The trainers, John. What these? No, mate, I've had them for years. Just got them back from being cleaned. Look really good, don't they? Yeah, really? Is that a thing? Honestly, they look new, mate. They look class. Yeah, it's a thing. Really reasonable, too. Adam Dunn at this place called Glistening Kicks. They're in Sheffield. Fe- fellas are blade, too. Oh, nice one. That saves buying new ones, doesn't it? How do I find them? I've got a few pairs I need looking at myself. Absolutely. Save, save me as someone who's got a bit of a trader page. An absolute fortune. You can get them on social media like most things these days. On Twitter at Glistening Kicks and Instagram at Glistening underscore Kicks, or they have a website www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them round yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel, and smell like new. And it's I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed, and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have him look at for us. Nice one. Cheers for that. I'm going to get on to them straight away. What was their industry again? At glistening underscore kicks. That's the one. Really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades. Brilliant. Nice one. All the blades. (laughs) 
So welcome back. Um, Jamie, thanks for talking to us about your getting to, to United in the first season and another another few years left, left of your United career. And I think the next season highlights for me as, as being a blade that didn't go to all the games because I didn't live in Sheffield at the time. There's two results that next season that stand out like a sore thumb. But so what was that season like for you as a, as a, as a Sheffield United fan and player? Yeah, I mean, like I said before the break, it was one of them where you couldn't wait for season to start because, you know, uh, we'd survived and we we were ready to go again. Uh, And Wednesday had got promotion. So we knew we'd got the games to play against them. Unfortunately, season started like the one before where, you know, we were down there and Wednesday were up there. And Wednesday were the glamour team. Wednesday, the ones who, when, it, when they went out in Sheffield, ordered wine while we ordered uh, pale ale. You know what I mean? They were like swanning it round Josephine's and Henry's while we were like messing about everywhere else. So we, we, we couldn't wait for that match, to be fair. And, and it was just like, we'd heard rumours. We'd heard rumours that they were taking bets on how many they'd, they'd beat us by, how many they'd be up first half and all sorts. Uh, but what they didn't realise is that there were four Sheffield lads who couldn't wait to play against them. And that were me, Mitch, Dane and Bradders. Uh, 29 years ago today, that, by the way. I know, I've just seen that on Twitter. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that Sunday, I'll, it would just... If, if I could have that day every year, that would do me. That would Just to, to do that again, that would just fantastic. Um, you know, the, the whole thing coming out, the full stadium... Bramall Lane and full of them lot, rest at ground our lot. And it was just like, from minute one, we kicked off. And I'll never forget it, Roland Nielsen, who was playing for him, was just like rabbit in headlights. He was like, what is going on here? Uh, I mean, if you watch the highlights, I've, I've watched a bit of them, any sort of flare-up and a Bassett thing, we were all in. Yeah. Didn't matter what it were, we were in. And at people and knocking them about... And it were, if you want to be what you want to be, there's all of us. We're going to have you. Um, and listen, they were a good side. They had some really good players, you know, really good players. Funny now, because Danny Wilson is um, my niece, Amy, has married his son. So we're like, we had wedding last year and Danny's there and everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm like close for Dan and I know him and everything. And he played in that game and Carlton Palmer and all of them played Nigel Jemson. <laughs> <laughs> It looks as a thousand words. Oh, I remember threatening him that day and, he, and he's like, I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared. Oh, I thought, yeah, all right. Anyhow, and we, 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 I mean, it was, it was frenetic. I remember it. It was just frenetic. Nobody really put the foot on it. And Wednesday were probably on top a little bit early doors and trying to play and we were in the faces. And then, then we, we got a bit of luck, didn't we, half-time when they've collided and, and we've gone forward. Jock should have scored. But I'm so glad he didn't because he's gone to Dane. Yeah. If you want one United player to score other than myself, it would Dane Whitehouse. And I've watched it today, to be fair, because, it, like you say, it's 29 years. And Dane scored that. And actually, I've, I feel quite emotional now. And he's gone to Cop and he just stood there as if to say, I was born to do that. I was yeah. born to score Cop end against Wednesday. And I remember we all piled on and it was just like, Wow, we're one nil up against Wednesday. We're one nil up, and they 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 are miles ahead of us. They think they're better than us, 
and we're one nil up. Come on, let's get let's that'll do us. Blow a whistle now, we beat them. And then obviously second half came, there were chances here, there, and everywhere. And then it fell to Dino. Um, real turn past Nielsen, Roland Nielsen. He's had the shot, and Woodsy, who I know really well because he came and worked with us at Burnley, he's come through his legs and two nil, and that was it. That was it, and it, it was just the most unbelievable day when he blew that whistle. I remember him blowing that whistle, and I just thought, "Oh, this is this is the best day ever." And I, I think I can't remember. I think he might have been Gans. Just grabbed all the Gans, Gans, Gans gave him a big hug, straight down tunnel. We're all over, and then I thought, "I need to do something here." And I, I ran back out. Crowds had gone, and the scoreboard was there. And it said United two Wednesday nil. I think it were about five past one. And I said, I can't. I might have been Martin, actually, photographer. I said, please do a picture of me here. I want this picture. And I just stood. And actually, it makes it to Facebook every year because I've got the shortest shorts ever on it. <laughs> and as it is, I'm stood. Bramall, looks Bramall Lane and behind me, big clock, and United two Wednesday nil. And it's like unbelievable. Now that was a celebration. That day, we went to the um, went to the uh, what the big tree in Wood Seats. Oh my god! Oh my god! They were Rottweiler on the pool table. We united scarf. They were just united everywhere. It would just if you could have a night again, that that'd be it. It would just um, just unbelievable the joy of the United fans that day, and me being one myself was just unbelievable. And that carried on till Wednesday. <laughs> How long did it take Bradshaw to calm down after getting stamped on by Sheridan? Because I saw you one cornered him down. Yeah, you kind of had him back throat. You kind of had your arm around him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I mean, he, he, well, I don't think he still calmed down, brothers. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and uh, uh, but then that with that we're in. He need and a lot of us did. We needed that. We needed that like adrenaline through us stuff going on all the time to set us off. And and I mean that. That game epitomised how we were as a team, all over the place, hunting in packs. One got kicked, we all got kicked. We're all all over it. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was just brilliant. And I remember day after they did a, a special, started a special um, souvenir thing of like the day and all like that. And I remember buying loads of copies and, and stuff because we'd been to two 0 because <laughs> you got to remember, I, as a young kid, I was I was at Hillsborough when the Boxing Day massacre happened. So I remember coming out when we went fourth, went in and chucking my program at a Wednesday fan. Oh, Jamie K. I only well, well I then seventy eight with that. So I was twelve. Yeah. Seventy nine, weren't it? Even, even sweeter then to go there and do them later on in season. Yeah. Well, that I were injured, and so were Chris Wilder, and we finished up. With some lads, some some of Chris's mates going in car and going on Leppings Lane, and so we went as fans, me and Tufty that day. But the 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 best thing about that, obviously, was fantastic. Again, a brilliant win. He's coming out, and the car broke down, so we're pushing it near Hillsborough up this hill, and all Wednesday fans are coming back in the cars. Tufty shouting to him, "Sorry, mate." We're, What's has match gone on? We don't know what our match has gone on. <laughs> We're pushing can they going, Oh, we lost three one. Oh no, did you? And <laughs> fan. And then we eventually got car started and we're driving off and then he's putting window down and uh, asking him and they're going, 
Oh no, we lost three one. He's going, ah, we're all out of Carlisle. And you think that's not Sheffield United manager. Mm-hmm. We've heard stories, I don't know if it's true or not, but some of you, some of the players you've thrown into praise or grumble for pretending to be people after games. Is that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, th- I don't think any of that. No, no. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not when I were there. No, I don't think so. Praise and grumble. Bloody hell. It's a grumble. Why has he picked that oil in? Well, what? <laughs> that would be dad. <laughs> Going on to probably going on to the following season, Jamie. He had um, we had the cup run, I think, that season, Monday, 92-93. Yeah. Um you got the goal, the opening goal in the third round yeah. match against Manu at Ramel Lane. Go on, describe that goal. For people who've never seen it, describe that goal. It were just as it dropped on edge of box, I took it down on my chest and volleyed it and it went straight into the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for younger listeners, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to dig my video out because that doesn't sound anything like it. To no. me. <laughs> cross came across, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this big Danish goalkeeper's flying at me. I should score here with Edda. And uh, as it was, I, I absolutely shit myself. And he <laughs> bounced off me, hit him, but my momentum's took me forward. And listen, if they were VAR, if they were VAR then, be knackered because it's hit my arm, gone in. And my son always says to me, my son's a Man United fan, by the way, now. He always says to me, uh, Daddy scored with hand. And I always denied it. I always denied it. And then last year I did something. I went, yeah, I did score by, with my hand against Man United. But yeah. And then it's a record book, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they went 1-0 up. Giggs scored a brilliant goal. Yeah. And we thought, oh, this is going to be a long afternoon. <laughs> I must admit, so it went, went live game on BBC. I thought, oh, we could be embarrassed here on telly. And as it were, I, I got that one and then Oji scored a, a sublime lob over Schmeichel. What a finish that was. Is that yeah. the, that man's left foot is magic? Is it that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, brilliant goal. Like, you know, just lobbed it over him. And then Bruce missed penalty. Bruce, I remember Wardy gave penalty away, Paul Ince. And Steve Bruce has put it, and I remember stood there thinking, bloody hell, to pre-play this Old Trafford Wednesday night. We were that close to beating him, that close to beating him. Alex Ferguson's man, and then he's hit post and he's gone out and we've, we've survived. I mean, Fergie after that kept him in ages, absolutely ages, um, and, and tore, him to, tore him to shreds. But he respected us. Harry always used to say, Ferguson loves Sheffield United. He loved how, the, how we were as a team and what we did. He, he loved that about us. So, yeah, that were a great, that were a great win. A good, it were a good cup run, that. Really good cup run. There's a my, shot of you. Go on. Sorry, sorry Dad, go on. I don't know if you're going to say the same thing, but my abiding memory, obviously, prior to the semi-final of that cup run is obviously Blackburn um, oh. semi-final. And I seem to recall a, sh- a shot of you. Yeah. With your fingers crossed when penalties were being taken. We got penalties. And, and like it'd been a real nip and tuck one, hadn't it? I mean, Mitch, I think Mitch got them both, didn't he? We were, Did you? Out of it. we were in and then 2-1 down. They, they had a really good side, Blackburn, really good side. We'd had draw there, brought them to Bramall Lane and then he went to penalties and like no chance for a taking a penalty. Thought, I can't <laughs> because Did you didn't fancy it in the slightest? No. So I thought, I can't even watch him. Uh, I can't now. Oh, penalties, they're all on telly. I, I'm shocking. So I thought, 
what shall I do here? I know what I'll do. I sat and faced the cop and crossed my fingers and just went for the went from the crowd the noise of the crowd. And obviously it were five cheers and Jason Wilcox missed there yeah. uh, to put us to put us into the semi-finals. So yeah, that were that were a great night, really good night. That, that were another good night. <laughs> and, you, you, and going into that semi-finals you, you'd had a run in the side but yeah. then yeah. Harry Harry being Harry yeah killed us help, help killed you well he killed he, 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 he hurt me by making me sub which listen that, that's that's what he wanted to do but I remember Brad's we trained down at um, it might even be Wembley FC or something like that on the Friday afternoon and uh, after training he got us all in together and said right this is the team and these are the subs and I think there are only two subs there were me and I'm trying to think who it were and that were it and so there were Brad's missed out uh, quite a few and I remember Brad's walking we walked back to coach past these houses and Brad's just got his boots and just chucked them as far as he could or oh, somebody's that fence into somebody's garden. I can't believe it. He were absolutely devastated, Brad's. Absolutely devastated that he weren't involved that day. And and I mean, like I say, we we all were like. Um, I think he put Mitch in. Mitch went central midfield with John Gannon, and and he left me out. He left Brad's out completely at, out at squad. Um, and. Listen, that that's that's a, that don't matter. I mean, I got on for half an hour in extra time, uh, which I was grateful for because, thankfully, my brother-in-law, if he hadn't played in goals that day, we would have lost probably ten-one. It were we, we we prepared wrong for that. We prepared wrong for that. We we treated it as a cup final and went down and did all that stuff. When really, I think we would have been better off playing at Ellen Road against them. Yeah. Muck and nettles, but that's history. It was a great thing, and you know, it was great. The, the, the abiding memory of that were Mel walking round pitch before yeah, game, yeah. with Frenchy and Greasy, and and God rest his soul, Mel, and seeing him then, uh, and then obviously he didn't last too long after that, and you know, I suppose that puts into perspective losing an FA Cup final, somebody losing the life, so. Yeah, it would, it would have, yeah, we lost to Wednesday in semi-final. That's that's football. It was a great run, and and as much as you know, like old blades, they had a they had a day down at Wembley <laughs> and lost again at Wembley. But you know, it was, it was one of them things, and and such a brilliant thing for City, really, because it, it got the city noticed again, and and you know, it came together a little bit, and unfortunately, yeah, as it as it goes, they scored the winning goal, and, and we went out. Well, you know, you know, you said you threw a program at a Wednesday fan after Boxing Day massacre. Yeah, I threw a cheese sandwich at Clive Betts. Did you uh, out of Wembley? Good. <laughs> had a Wednesday scarf around his neck, and he was smiling. I had a cheese sandwich and kind of wanked. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> we always get little uh, snippets of Dan's uh, interactions with anyone associated with Wednesday, <laughs> and this is just the latest one. You're right. <laughs> Brilliant. So, so then, for the following season after that, it, it could have been so much better than it obviously ended up being for, for, for many reasons, and and we were never quite in the trouble that we had perhaps been in previous seasons at all, really, were we? No, no, we weren't. And um, that was the thing. I thought we we we'd done really well. Obviously, we'd lost Dino, which were a massive thing. 
massive, you know, um, losing your, your your star centre forward. But you know, Jostein had come in and and whatever, and we we'd been all right. I mean, we I think that season did we have eleven clean sheets or something like that? But they were draws, you know, where yeah. we couldn't do with you know just <clears throat> losing a couple and winning a couple, and yeah. it would have been it. And we, we went to that game, we went to Chelsea last match of the season, <coughs> thinking we were going to be all right. Blackburn were playing Ipswich. They'd won every game. They'd scored every game at home. So they were going to score, cheer and everything. Uh, Everton, Wimbledon, you know, Wimbledon, crazy gang going up there. We're going to do that. Uh, and, and others round it. And you thought, not a problem. Not a problem. And then me and Kells were warming up. Um, at Stamford Bridge and we were you know we were asking all the time I'm trying to think of it where we it's only good but somebody from B were there and oh yeah they're, they're winning Wimbledon are winning 2-0 wow oh we're alright brilliant party time you know Blackburn still 0-0 oh they'll score they'll score and then obviously as it went on and went on and went on uh, you know they scored unbelievably what last kick at game you know which just like but even then we thought we're alright we're alright all results are going right because I think we were 13th at one stage or 12th weren't we as the afternoon went yeah. on mm. and we got it dressed I came off and Kells got hold of me Alan and went we're down went, no we can't be down we're not down at all no no we're not down he went all results are gone and then obviously Wimbledon lost 3-2 um, Blackburn 0-0 and we lost last kick at game and you just think, wow, if they, if some if, if anything what could go wrong went wrong, and it was just the most. Oh, I'd, the, I remember the Sheffield Star tried to get in the dressing room to take pictures, and the lads nearly killed the photographer. I can't remember we were nearly killed him. You know, Harry, Harry were just numb. He did. He, he was just silence in there. And then we had. Um, it was horrible because. Chelsea were in cup final week after, so they were all buzzing about. In fact, Eric, Eric Hall, who's died today, he were there. Yeah. Around all place. And oh, it'd be monster, monster season next season, he kept saying, like to all lads who were Cockney ones. And he would just start And then we got on coach to come home, and there hardly anybody on coach because all the, all the Southern lads had stayed down. So you're thinking, oh, God. So drive back to Bramall Lane, and we got there, and there were hundreds of fans there. And I'm thinking we're going to get lynched here. We're going to get absolutely lynched because we've just got relegated. And as it was, we got off. If I've still got scarf at my mum and dad's, and fans were putting scarves on and grabbing you, and they were in tears, and players were like so upset, and just like just the emotion of it all, and how it how it had come from four years really to to, to like last ten seconds of a game, which had cost us, um, and it would just. From like talking about the Sheffield Wednesday one, which is the best, probably best day of my life as a as a footballer, to that probably was the worst day of my life. Getting relegated last kick at season from from the Premier League, and it and unfortunately for United, obviously I moved on soon after that and whatever. It took a long, 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 long time to recover from that. I think I I was at Stamford Bridge that day, hoping that. Not top tier. Yeah, me and too. Numb, yeah, numb is a perfect description of yeah. how it felt because I don't think anyone could take it in. 
no. you know, even settled there. And obviously then people, it wasn't like mobiles, it was transist- like people with radios to their ears getting updates, and it was just word of mouth spreading. And it just didn't seem real. It just no. didn't seem And I don't think any of us at that point thought we wouldn't bounce back. No, no, that was a thing. But I think that, I think then that that was the the four year time where a lot of us had been there and we'd 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 done everything and we'd worked to our maximum all time and Harry had as well. And I think then it was like as if something had been pulled out, like everything had come out of you. And you were like, God, this is gonna be hard again to get all that going to get back up. You know, rather than another season competing in Premier League, which were like that, now we've got to get up and get promoted from another league and I think it it was the beginning of the end for quite a few of us really to be honest yeah. it was which that's that happens that that was you know it's hard it was a brilliant time but it, it was probably not the right not I don't mean the right time to get relegated even if we'd got stayed up it probably would have been the right time for a few of us to move on anyhow bit of a rebuild from, yeah. from what kind of gone yeah. on yeah Definitely, because how Harry did it was he didn't. Obviously, not this is layman's terms. You lot are rubbish. They think you're rubbish. Go and prove it wrong. So it were like, right, all right. But as we as we'd like <clears throat> done it for four years, actually, we were thinking we're not bad. We've done all right here. We're not right. bad. So that that incentive of your underdogs, you're not this, you know. It wore off a little bit, and the same things what got said. Hang on a minute, Harry. We could we could actually play a little bit here and do this and do that. So it was the right time, not the not the relegation, but the right time for for few of us to to move on and and to for new other ones like you say rebuild for the for the team. Bit bit more hunger to come back in and, and a bit yeah, more yeah, yeah. players on yeah. on the, on the yeah. careers of, of they wanted to kind of prove something and yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So, I guess to sum up, what what if you had to dis- describe your United time at United as a player in three words? Well, that's a bit of an on-the-spot question. How would you describe it? Uh, up, down, unbelievable. Perfect. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty like good. That. That, that's on the hop. That's pretty good. I mean. And we've got podcast title there, haven't we? That's yeah. Pre- yeah, that's pretty much sums up Sheffield yeah. United, really, doesn't it? Yeah. No, that, that, <laughs> that, that is, people said to me, like, for you, you could have signed for Wolves and made more money, and or you could have done that, or you could have done that. And say you'd play for a team who played more football, said, Yeah, but I played for Sheffield United. And they go, Yeah, no, but, and, but if you'd. If you know, you know. And I know that sounds a bit like, like I say again, fairy tale. And I'm like, oh, he's a blade. Wow. But I were. And I got brought up that. And that's all I ever knew, Chef United. So for me, from a ball boy running out on pitch, for me as a player to run out on the pitch and hear the crowd, like for us lot getting out there and scoring a goal in front of them is just like... Whatever. No, I didn't earn hundreds of thousands of pounds, and no, I didn't do that, and I didn't. We didn't win FA Cup, we didn't do that. But I played for Sheffield United in top league, and had some unbelievable times with some unbelievable people. So, for me, I have I had the best career ever. What a way to finish it! You got that. One thing we like to do is obviously um, look at 
looking back, try and pull together a one to eleven. You can yep. uh, you can play whatever formation you like. You can have whatever manager you like. And since you've been ever so nice, Jamie, we might even let you have five subs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say since, since you've been ever so nice, we might let you put yourself in it. But no, <laughs> I won't make my own team. No, he, oh, okay. he's, he's, he's opening Nelson. He can't play. <laughs> Well, these don't have to be all United players, do they? No, no everyone you no, played with. Played me. Right, right, great stuff. Right, goalkeeper. Yeah, I think I think I know yeah. this one. Yeah, you've got to say this, haven't you? I'm going to say this. Yeah, this can only go one way, sure. Yeah, Joe Corrigan. No, I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> without doubt. So, so a massive debate amongst United fans is the Kelly Tracy debate. How much between them, seriously? Do you think? And obviously, Kelly's most yeah. people say he's the better keeper, which yeah. is fair. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing about uh, these two, Kells was like woof every day, training, wow, wow, like unbelievable. Switched on, whatever. Trace for a bit laid back, Larry, and like, like that. And so sometimes you, you're thinking, come on, Trace. A little bit more, a little bit more switched on. But then when it comes to the Saturday, he could he could, he could do it, he could do it. But I don't, I've got to, I've, I mean, listen, I know he is, but I've got to. I mean, just for keeping score down at Wembley from ten one to yeah. two, you know, unbelievable. But don't give him the ball at his feet. <laughs> you say he'd struggle a bit more these days. <laughs> oh. You know, Kells were, you know, Alan were a left winger until he was 15. Never played in goal. Yeah. yeah. And he still thinks he's a bleeding left winger now, but he's not. <laughs> what a keeper, though. What a keeper. Yeah, one, of my, one of my first heroes watching United, Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're like Waldorf and Stadler at weekends when we go when I go to his and we sit down and discuss football and uh, whatever. Yeah, we're like two grumpy old men. <laughs> brilliant. We're four grump. No, we're not old men. I'll go that far. Yeah. <laughs> John might not appreciate that. Yeah, no, before exactly. we go any further, <laughs> before we go any further, are you gonna are you gonna let us know formation now, or is that gonna become evident uh, as you go through? It's gonna be four two. One three. Okay. Right. So right, right back then. That's the traditional way we start. Right yeah. uh, I'm going for Bradders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bradders, because um, with this formation, it's going to leave it that there's a lot of room for him to go up and down and produce going forward. So he, he can do that for me. Um, yeah. And also his crackers. So if we need, there's all what goes on. He'll be in there scrapping. So that's all right. <laughs> is, is what, I've, been, I've been watching some old season videos when we've been doing research for these pods. I completely forgot he could really he could cross a ball, Bradders. Oh, fantastic! He really could cross a ball. Absolutely fantastic, Bradders. He could. I think he was a winger when he played for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. He was at United when he first came through at United. He was a winger. Yeah, yeah. So. come from City. I think I think Harry put him right back, and, and yeah, I think he did. Yeah. He did, he did great with it, fit as a fiddle. Like you say, as a modern day as a modern day fullback now, would be brilliant. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah. 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 Play, playing in this side now, playing yeah. in kind of our ball that plays, he'd, he'd be outstanding. Much as he's a hero of mine, I do hope his Premier League appearance record goes soon, though, because that'll mean we'll have probably stayed up. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, centre halves. Uh, right side centre half is a lad called Steve Davis, who I played with at Burnley. Uh, there's two Steve Davises. This one got transferred to Luton. Uh, big, tall, um, could run out with ball from back, travel 50 yards, play. If he had a yard of pace, would have played for England. But he's 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 my right side centre half. My um, left side centre half um, is Tommy Caton who played yeah. I made my debut for Man City in his last game for Man City and he got a transfer because I must have played so well he got transferred to Arsenal week after for half a million <laughs> so, Tommy was left foot got in their team at 17 and had that best left foot ping I've ever seen in my life and could edit unbelievably as well brilliant player unfortunately died really young um, I think you are about 33 Tommy when he died but yeah. what a player. What a player. Left What's back. What's surname? Clayton or? Caton. Caton. C-A-T-O-N, I think. C-A-T-O-N, yeah. Yeah, Tommy Caton. Yeah, curly hair. Yeah, curly hair, didn't curly hair. Played in the cup final against Tottenham. That'll be when I first watched him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Just... Gone to City then, 1980. Well, I was just about to sign 1981, Looks like me when I was at Union. He's looking, he's looked him up now. <laughs> and left back, I've got to put him in because you'd have one, you'd always need somebody in your, your dressing room who's, who's seen morale and everything. Is David Barnes. I'd put Barnes in because he could, he, he were reliable as a left back, great 1v1s, another one who could get forward. But if anything would, if you were losing a few games, have him in dressing room, he'd be absolutely brilliant. So I'm putting Barnsley in as my left back. Is there any is there any tellable stories you can tell for broadcast on Barnsley? Well, Barn, what Barnsley used to do every morning, we used to have a mail sack in dressing room. You know what? Obviously, stuff had come in, um, all fan mail. Obviously, not for me, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> that used to come in. <laughs> and uh, it was fantastic. And Phil Kite every morning. Remember Cato and um, Pink Panther, Peter Sellers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, used to appear from nowhere. Yeah. And every morning, Barnsley used to appear from nowhere, put this mail sack over Phil Kite's head and just pummel him for about 10 seconds. <laughs> it was just like, and Kite, you come in building, honestly, looking for him. Think, oh, it's, it's good. I've got him. And then he just appear from nowhere and just <laughs> do him like that. <laughs> Oh, and when we when we he were Bernardo's boy, uh, Barnsley as well. So wrote religiously. So when we when we'd go to um, an overnight stay on a Friday, he'd uh, we'd walked at restaurant, and you know, like you walk in and there's that that like as if you walk in church, don't you? Where the menu is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or restaurants would be like the people having their early meals, and he'd just like walk up to this like a pulpit thing, and just move the menus out of the way. Put some, pretend he put something there and start preaching, start doing a sermon. These are very tame, by the way. I can only tell you tame ones he did. But were you on the flight with? Were you on the flight with the marker pen and the TV screen? I, uh, I was signing. Um, oh, was I signing? No, was it, was no I was signing that summer. I was ah, signing. Yeah. I was you, signing. you dodged a bullet there then. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I, they got promotion and gone away. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's a, that is a story. Obviously, outside, and then they start telling us all this story as I'm reading it. I'm like, just signed for United and stars there, seven arrested and all. I think you know. <laughs> what have I, what have I joined here? <laughs> uh, right, midfield. Yep. Asa Hartford. Okay, yep. yep. Now, the reason I go for Asa, a brilliant player, by the way, when I were at Man City, I made my debut at 17. So on the Friday morning, I knew we were playing. We're playing Derby County at home uh, against Big Dave Watson and another one called Steve Powell, our centre forward. And Asa came and had 10 minutes with me and just said, don't worry about tomorrow. And this is a bloke who played it, World Cup for Scotland and everything. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just go and enjoy it. And I've sleep well tonight. It's a, it's a day what will fly by. You'll probably not remember it much, but you're going to make your debut for Man City. Just enjoy it. Don't worry about the game. And I thought, wow. And to be fair, I still see him around the circuit, if you know what I mean, Asa. He hadn't changed one bit. Really humble guy, an absolute legend. And to be fair, a right dirty bleeder and all in midfield. Great left foot. <laughs> he could go over top. But as, as a man... Fantastic, brilliant. And is that what he's in there for, the enforcer role? Because I remember him getting yeah. him with Panini stickers, but I'm probably too young to remember seeing him play as such. Oh, well, yeah, oh, he only did that when somebody had upset him, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> he could actually play. He was yeah. really good, tidy, left foot, small, played it, clipped it, went round and everything. No, he could, he could play as well. Cool. <laughs> now, this, this is a wild card, the other one playing alongside him. This is a kid who should have been an England international, should have played all over the world. But as it is, he went to Man United. I played in the same Sheffield boys side as me. Went to Man United and unfortunately got put in digs with Mark Hughes, Norman Whiteside and Paul McGrath. <laughs> and it's a lad who, who's from Sheffield, a lad called Mickey Robotham. Right. And Mickey okay. is the best midfield, best player I have ever I've ever seen play. He were brilliant. Being inside as a midfield player, and he went to Man U as a kid. Went to Brook School. He finished up going my, my old school. <laughs> he did Mick Robotham. Honestly, he's, not, right. he's not living in Sheffield. He back. He lives in he lives in a penthouse in Kellam Kellam Island there. Um, and he he got released off United. Went to Grimsby, and then finished up going to South Africa. Played for South African national team, and he's now back in right. Sheffield. But if one kid should have been a professional footballer, it should have been him. But unfortunately, got put in wrong digs. <laughs> <laughs> and again, so, so few words, but it says so much, Jeremy. Yeah, it does really. McGraw, Whiteside, use. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, honestly, I was thinking rather him or Sammy McElroy, who had played with at Berry, but Mickey should, should have done. And I know he's not, but he has played professional football. Um, the one who's going to play in front, so we're going 4-2, one in front is going to be Odgie, Lynn Odgers. I'm going to play him there. Right. So I've got to get him in my, my side somewhere. So I want him just to play in, in, in front of them two uh, because the man has a magic left foot, as they say, and he did. And I think that role now, that role never existed when we played. You know, he were out wide and he had to create himself playing in that little, as they call now, which I hate, pocket, He'd be brilliant. He'd be absolutely brilliant to, to link up and, and play. 
Um, so yeah, Oji, Oji gets in my team there. How, how much tracking back? How much tracking back are you expecting of him? <laughs> you wouldn't have to, you see. That's the thing. Because some midfield players are that way that they the legs for him. They can go oh. that and Oji. And then when you see who I'm going to play wide right, we'll do a lot more tracking for him as well on that side. So wide right, I'm going to play Jock Ian Bryson. Right, yeah. Because Jock, I remember when we, when Harry said we're selling Jock to Barnsley for twenty thousand pounds, and all lads were like, "You're selling him for two. We're all we're all going to put in a put round like your Grand National thing to keep <laughs> Jock keeping. Maybe <laughs> we're going to sell him because like, he was, he's like. He epitomised everything about Sheffield United. He epitomised everything about being a footballer. <clears throat> come from like Scotland and and like a little club up there. He'd come down and he'd worked his absolute tripe off to get, to get where he was. And he were great. He were great banter and all for lads because lads used to murder him by his acting <laughs> and about Kirsty, polishing that table on that thing. <laughs> Documentary. <laughs> so Jock used to get stick all the time, but. He could play that wide right. He could score goals. He could do everything. Um, and it did seem like an odd decision to let him go for twenty yeah. grand. Like, and it's not like he was finished with him. And he went on to play. Yeah, hundred odd games for Preston, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, did. he went to Preston, played hundred and fifty odd games. Legend in Preston, Jock. Yeah. yeah, I still see him about. Still as grumpy as ever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, definitely. On the other side, uh, left hand side, wide left, is Paul Simpson. Okay, yeah. Now, um, he's another one. He, we were best man at the first wedding, Simo. We were in digs together. Uh, magical left foot. Create anything you want. Um, Oji, him and Oji can alternate as well if they wanted. But Simo, unless he had to head the ball, then we're knackered. But other than that, he'll score your goals and he'll produce something with his left foot. We had him around, didn't we? That's why I'm just looking. He played for United for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a little loan spell with us, didn't he? I think he played one or two games, Simo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's in the all, all United players, and Simo's in it. In, in his, in his pod, six though, games. Which, yeah, but we didn't get the best out of him. If we'd had him, he's no. a player earlier on when he was probably at, was he Oxford for a while as well? Yes, yeah, Oxford Derby, Derby. Yeah, yeah. Th that that's the point where I think he would have, like you yeah. say. If we'd have been at that level at that point, he's the kind of player we would have fitted in really well. Yeah. He played another two hundred professional league games after leave after being oh. on loan at United. Did he? Yeah. I'm surprised at that. Eight hundred games, Simo played eight hundred games. Jesus. Yeah, his uncle played in the same team as my dad as well. With my dad, Ronnie. Right. Uh -huh. Oh, Ronnie. Oh, yeah, Ronnie Simpson. Yeah, we went in together, and he went, "Oh yeah, my uncle Ronnie played in the same team as your dad at Sheffield United." So, wow. but we were in digs together from sixteen. We're still best mates now. So. Yeah, so I better pick him. And then up <laughs> one, there's only one, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Billy Whitehurst. Yeah. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. I put Billy in because if I don't, he might come looking for me. He's <laughs> <laughs> had a couple of pints. It's got to be Dino, on it? Obviously. Yeah. Dino up there. And like we said before, he'll play up there on his own. He can lead the line. He can do everything and score goals. Maybe not by a round, but he'll do everything else. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's captain, Jamie? Who's captain? Uh, let's have a look. Even though he's not playing Billy Whitehurst. <laughs> I'm going to go Acer Hartford, captain. Fantastic. Fair news. Who's manager? Ooh. 
Let's have a look. Marlon Babs. Ooh, that's an hard one. I'll, you know, I'll go Harry. I'll go Harry. You get the best out of that side. Any any notable mentions for subs to put on? Obviously, maybe not five, but maybe a couple of three subs. Yeah, I'd 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 have Sid, Dean. Yeah. Uh, I'd have I'd have I'd have Mitch as well. Mitch Ward were brilliant. Uh, I'd have Toby Garner. Toby Garner. <laughs> Toby Garner. <laughs> no, that's what we went on a pre-season. It was that his naming program. Toby. <laughs> Toby Garner. <laughs> and not the same one, Olive Mendonca. Olive, <laughs> Olive, <laughs> Olive Mendonca, which is best one ever. Yeah, brilliant, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Put them in Sheffield, lads. Sid and Mitch. Yeah, definitely. That's a side, though, isn't it? That is one of a side. Decent side, that, isn't it? Well, I'd be happy with that. It cost a few bob that now. Yeah, wouldn't it just? <laughs> Even Mickey Robotter might cost a bit much in a bit more than these days. Telling you, if you yeah, best player I've ever played with, fifteen year old. Yeah. That's it. Brilliant stuff. We'll we'll get that published alongside the pod as well. We put it out there so people can see and uh, we'll tag one or two of them in it. He might be on Twitter, I don't know. No, yeah, I'll I'll tell him. I'll I'll he's on Facebook, so I'll get him. I'll get I'll let him have a look on. I'll say get have a look on Twitter. Yeah, saying that he's a big Wednesday fan, absolute big Wednesday fan. Oh, right. so I've got nothing more already. Yeah, yeah. No, that'll make it even brilliant that he's on this. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. We don't want Dan tracking him down for some sort of. Uh, sandwich at him. No, God no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It won't be a sandwich down Callum Island, it'd be a falafel wrap or something, wouldn't it? But um <laughs> He's been great time here, Jamie, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put you on spot. A few quick fire questions on current team. Do we stay up this season? Yep. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> Who's best player in current blade side? Best player. Actually playing now, or well, oh, this bunch that if they're all fit, if they're all fit, I'd probably say the one who keeps them all together and is Jack O'Connell. To be honest, yeah, he's a big miss, isn't he? Yeah, massive. I don't think we realise how much we've missed him until we we actually are we're without him. And how many years will it be till we play Wednesday again? <laughs> Never. It's been a it's been a pleasure, mate. Really, oh, obviously, you. someone who didn't wasn't going at that. Born, time, really. born. <laughs> I was born. I just I was I was a bit more interested in Lego and stuff, but uh, like that's not changed that much these days. But it'd be really insightful and. Uh, real positive way to talk about football compared to what we've been doing on podcasts for the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say this, this has been a break from the, the kind of norm that we've had over the last few weeks, which has been, I'm, I'm guessing it's been hard listening. It's been hard work doing it. It's been hard listening the last few weeks. So this is... Oh, good. For, for me, of, of my age, when this was my kind this Yeah. This is, this is my best era of watching United, kind of that, that early 90s. So th- this has been amazing for me. Oh, great. Oh, thanks. Thanks, I'm glad you've enjoyed oh, really it. Awesome. No, I've enjoyed doing it. It's been great, actually. It's been really good. 
and uh, who knows when things return to that infamous normal. Jamie, we'll have to, if you're up in Sheffield, you'll have to come and have a pint with us. Oh, def- oh yeah, definitely. In no, our traditional no. habitat. No, that'd be brilliant. I would, that'd be fantastic, actually. Yeah, I'd enjoy that, lads. That'd be great. This is going to be some night when we eventually can, by the way. So, so far, we've got Wayne Quimpel, Devlin, Carl Bradshaw and Jamie Orleans coming for a pint with us. That could have <laughs> been a bit of a mess. I'm Gage. Gage, you'll join us. Yeah. I'm guessing I'm designated driver that night, then. Yeah, I reckon so. We're going to have to hire a mini bus <laughs> No, I've, I've loved it, Jamie. Thank you very much. Oh, good. Great stuff. No, it's, like I say, it's been brilliant. It's great, yeah. Um, it's good sometimes that you can just explain stuff and talk about stuff and, and, and you know what I mean? It's just, like I say, sometimes people think, oh, you're a bit soppy and a bit like that, but really, Chef United actually has been my life, to be honest, yeah. like you guys has, even though I were lucky enough to play. It is still the first result I look for. Always have all, when I played, now I'm out of it. It's, it is. So, um, like I said, just fingers crossed now it can start going in the right direction. I can't, can't agree with that any more than I think uh, the way that we normally finish this pod, and I think we probably can all say that today, though, is uh, up the blades, right? Yeah, up the blades. If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me Murray, right. Well, I'd say Peroni as well.
you go to a pool tonight, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the boat on. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well.